now Google has to play catch up, right? Because Google's world doesn't operate the way Nostra works. So Google's getting attacked on multiple fronts. Gmail's getting attacked on Nostra. And ChatGPT is attacking their search. And Bitcoin is attacking basically the the ad-based monetization platform that they've built. Mm -hmm. So all these guys, Google, Apple, Facebook, all these people that make money off your eyeballs, they're all being challenged now. And they see it. They're not talking about it. They're not going to let the public know because the minute everyone figures out there's an alternative, just like Bitcoin, everyone flocks to it. But they are all being challenged right now very, very aggressively. And the people on Nostra are literally building the replacements for all those guys in the open in front of them. Flirting with Bitcoin podcast. I'm Mandana. And I'm Ian. And, and we're, we're the, the Recefis. My husband Ian is a Bitcoin enthusiast, but I am not. Each week he tries to teach me something about Bitcoin and Bitcoin adoption. We have a lot of fun with it. But I'm not trying to overwhelm you with technical analysis and price targets, babe. You promise? I promise. And I promise we won't overwhelm you with ads. That's because we operate on the value for value business model. What's that? Instead of reading off a bunch of ads, we're going to keep things a little more personal, intimate, if you will. If you enjoy the show, meaning it brings you some value, consider supporting us. That support can be sharing the pot on your socials, recommending us to a friend, and yes, even sending us some money. And since I'm the Bitcoiner, I prefer Bitcoin. And you can send us some on our favorite podcasting app, Fountain. If you want to learn more about the pod, go to flirtingwithbitcoin.com and our about page to learn the different ways you can support the show. And if you're new here or not, make sure you check out the Satoshi savings calculator on the site. It's a little app that I built that enables you to set a goal for how much Bitcoin you want to acquire while also reinforcing certain Bitcoin concepts like the having and Satoshis. To all our fountainheads out there, keep making and sharing clips of the show. We may make the content, but without you, all I'm really doing here is flirting with my husband in front of a microphone. Y'all ready? I am. Let's go. Hey, Ian. Hey, Mandana. Hola. Guten Tag. Buongiorno. Konnichiwa. Hello. Hello. And bonjour. Oh, wee oui, wee. Oui. And? Howdy to Texas. Howdy to Texas. Baby, what time is it? The current time is 774-916. And we are 1,181 blocks since our last recording. And if I give you $1, how many acres can I get on sunny Bitcoin Island? Today? 4,268. Ooh, the number's going down still. It's going down. It's okay, going down. Okay, all right. Okay, I have a really important question for you. Are you ready? Sure. Okay. Shoot. Would you like to be my Valentine? Oh my God, you're making me, you're making me sweat. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's a lot of responsibility. It is a lot of responsibility. I've assumed the responsibility every year so far. So sure, why not? Let's keep, <sighs> let's keep the tradition Goodness. alive. All right. Yeah, I was cutting it close. It's like, you know, February's already started. I wasn't sure. I didn't know if someone else had asked you. No one asked me. Oh, thank gosh. These girls out here in these streets are so stupid. I don't leave the house. (laughs) I like it that way. I went to the uh, coffee shop today and there was a new person working there. And I hadn't seen her before. And she was like super proper and like, like I was a regular customer. And I was like, I come here more than you. But then I realized, I was like, have I left the house this week? You haven't. Well, I definitely haven't been to the coffee shop. We did go, We did leave we the house. We did errands this week, but nothing yeah. fun. So no, I'm not out here in these streets. No one's. Uh, <laughs> no one has a chance to ask me to be their Valentine. <laughs> Damn straight. No one's asked me either, in case you were wondering. I mean, you're in the house as much as I am. I know. When I'm out of the house, it's usually with you. Mm-hmm. This is healthy, right? Um, <laughs> probably. Not only do we spend all of our time together, we have separate jobs at separate companies, but we're both home all day because we both are remote workers. Because that wasn't enough time to spend together, we also do a podcast together. <laughs> I mean, if we do it right, we can get rid of those other jobs and we can just do the podcast together. I know, but, I know. Um, but yeah, hear about people who are like I could never work with my spouse I could never work with my boyfriend and I'm like I'm trying to find more ways to spend my day with Ian and less with other people you got it pretty filled up already I do but I I'm greedy man 
Yeah. After we record, I'm like, all right, now date night. <laughs> that is true. That is how my uh, recording evenings go. <laughs> and Ian's like, no, I need to edit. And I'm like, no, 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 do that tomorrow. <laughs> Let's go play. <laughs> okay, I think we're in a healthy marriage. I think it's going well. I've seen worse. All right, it's time for shout outs. First shout outs to the booster of the week, Jean Everett. Thank you so much for spending your hard-earned sats on us. We appreciate you. Also, set a new high score. All right, guys. Yeah, let's get competitive here. I don't know if it's competitive, but Gene sent the most. <laughs> so if you want to top Gene, go find what he sent and top it. <laughs> I think that's competitive. It's not a competition. It's not a competition. It's not a competition. It's not a competition, it's but not a competition at all. I have a high score in my head. I know. And, and you let him know. And you know, you're letting all of our other listeners know that they're not at the top right now. It's not what I'm doing. It's not what you're doing it's at all. It's not about them. This is about Gene. <laughs> yeah, we love you, Gene. But we also love our other top boosts, which were from Hello There, Terla, Zornon, TNT Mom, Alexis. And I think this is pronounced Doomed Amazing. Yeah, let's go with that. Thank you to all the boosters. Thank you to all the listeners. I still really can't believe how many of you listen to the show, actually enjoy it, and then actually let us know that you enjoy the show. It's pretty unbelievable. I know Ian and I feel the love, and I hope you guys feel it from us as well. All right, Mr. Valentine. Oh, that's me. Yeah, it's you. And I'm Mrs. Valentine. I mean, I hope so. <laughs> I don't have your name. In, I, we don't share a last name, but on Valentine's Day, we do. <laughs> <laughs> so for the holidays and Ian's birthday back in December, we did something called the Flirting with Bitcoin Holiday Challenge. It was this really fun experiment to get people to, instead of buying probably useless crap. That Basura. For our Southern <laughs> listeners. Ooh, babe. <laughs> I'm very impressed. <laughs> but instead of spending money on something that might not really have value a week or two after the holidays, um, Tin said, buy that person Bitcoin as a way to, you know, encourage Bitcoin adoption or curiosity about Bitcoin, or you can just buy it for yourself. And then if you had spent up to $40, we would match that up to $40. $40 because it was Ian's birthday. So we're approaching another holiday, Valentine's Day, where people are just spending money for the sake of spending money. Very similar to Christmas, like you just have to be able to hand something to the person that you're supposed to be getting something for. Whether that's flowers, chocolates, a teddy bear, jewelry. Whatever the guy on the side of the street is selling. <laughs> or, you know... They're telling you to buy at CVS or the mall or... CVS is I don't know. <laughs> building for the side of the street. <laughs> so we want to bring it back to Bitcoin, of course, and give the opportunity for you to do the Flirting with Bitcoin challenge again, but this time for Valentine's Day. The rules are a little different this time around, so I'm going to let Ian explain it. Take it away, babe. So one of the things that I noticed from the last challenge was that a couple people said that they couldn't or didn't want to do the full $40. And I realized that we weren't very clear that it, you didn't have to do the full $40. So to be very clear, um, for this challenge, we're going to randomly pick a winner and whatever amount you put in is what we will match. Up to? Up to $50. But this time it's going a little different. So as you probably listened to the podcast the last couple of weeks, we've been on Nostra and it's the new hotness. Um, all the cool kids are there. So I don't, I don't know about that. It's a lot of the nerds, the cool nerds. If you're into Bitcoin, you're a cool kid. Okay, okay, okay. All the if, cool kids are there. All right, all right. If that's how we're if that's how we're playing this. We are forking humanity. <laughs> we are forking humanity. We're forking humanity, and all the cool people are into Bitcoin. There's a lot of porn on there too. There's a lot of porn on the internet. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Stop trying to put. <laughs> More rules on the new thing. You're right? right, you're right. No rules equals porn, and it's just the reality I have to deal with. You could go to Pompeii. They had porn, like, chiseled into the wall. It's been with us forever, <laughs> way before 
<laughs> electricity. Plebes. I keep saying plebes chain. We're going to have to talk about that later because I don't really understand what that is. It's a uh, pleb. That's oh, it's plebs. <laughs> I'm not even pronouncing it right. Um, and we'll talk about that later. You're laughing at me, not with me, I feel like. Poor uh, Ian. He has been trying to explain this and I keep derailing him. So baby, all right, back to the challenge. So when we blasted the challenge, if you shared your post anywhere on social media, we were going to match up to $40 for my 40th birthday. For this challenge, it'll be our 50th episode. So we're matching up to $50. Um, but only if you share it on Nostra. If you share it on anything else, we're only matching half. And anything else is really Twitter, Instagram. Twitter, Instagram. Um, that's really all we check. Yeah. So Don't I mean, give me more homework. If you put it on Facebook, I'm just going to let you know we're not there. Why are you on Facebook? Um, Facebook there, is over. There's reasons to be on Facebook, but we're not there. Yeah, so, we're not there. That's true. Um, so yeah, Twitter and Instagram will match up to 25. Nostra will match up to 50. Um, use the hashtag flirting with Bitcoin challenge and the day after Valentine's Day, we will announce the winner. Yeah. So February 15th. So you have now until then to probably convince your honey that uh, this is a better use of money than buying them. Uh, I don't know, some funky chocolate. <laughs> yeah. And so in that vein, you know, you were talking about possibly getting one of your cousin's kids some Bitcoin for his birthday. Yes. You know, usually I buy him a book or something like that. He's a great kid. And I was like, no, 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 no. He's a teenager now. Like, what can you get a teenager? And so I was looking at all these different things. And I was like, wait a second. Like, we should be the relatives that give Bitcoin to kids at a certain point, right? Mm -hmm. Well, also because I was like, he just wants money. Like, that's, that's what anyone just wants is money. So I asked Ian, I said, can we give him Bitcoin? How would we do that without it being confusing to him? Because I would assume he doesn't know anything about Bitcoin right now. And Ian had a really great idea. When you're onboarding someone to Bitcoin, it's kind of challenging to like tell them to create an account somewhere like Strike and all the KYC or tell them to uh, get a hardware wallet. Like that's like, that's like a no go. Um, but what you can do is you can give them it's not really physical, but you can give them physical Bitcoin. So in some of our very early episodes, like single digit episodes, <laughs> I talked about this thing called a dime. It looks like a little USB stick without the case. You can like plug these into any computer and it'll just show you how much is on the stick um, at the time. It gives you a wallet address. So you can keep sending more Bitcoin to there. Basically a representation of physical Bitcoin. And um, it looks like a USB thumb drive stick, like something that most of us are are fairly familiar with. Yeah. So that was like, that has been a thing for a while. We talked about it on the podcast, but those have been around for a while. Um, and a lot of the hardcore Bitcoiners will talk about, they got like a pocket full of dimes, right? Like you, you've probably not heard that phrase, but. I've been called a dime before. Yeah. I'm kidding. I haven't, but like rappers say it in rap songs. I've called myself a dime. It means a 10, 10 out of 10. And yeah. has never called me a dime. I don't talk like that. He does not talk like <laughs> Since then, the people who make that dime have made other products. And so now they have a product called the Sats Card, which is, it's just like the dime, yeah. except it's less hardware-y. It doesn't look like a USB drive. It looks like a gift card. It does, yeah. It definitely feels more like, or I'll say it feels less intimidating than what the dime looked like. I would say the core difference between the dime and the Sats Card is that the Sats Card it's harder to damage, right? Like the dime is actual like electronics. Oh, interesting. Right? Like if you dropped it in yeah. water, like if you get, if you, if you don't take care of it, you yeah, could lose what's point. on that. Whereas the SATS card, it's like, if you can keep a credit card or uh -huh. anything card, like in your wallet, yeah. you're good. That's a good point in terms of like responsibility, giving a child something. I didn't even think about that piece of it. The SATS card is just an evolution of the dime, yeah. right? People who made the dime made the SATS card. Uh, you can go to their website. It's coinkite.com. Um, you can buy one card. They actually sell them in bulk, mm -hmm. right? And I think they sell them for like 8 to $10 a piece. The SATS card was cheaper than the dime. I remember looking at that price comparison. Yeah, they're cheaper because they're not hardware based, yeah, right? It's yeah. just it's just an NFC um, radio yeah. inside of plastic, which is a lot cheaper than the mm -hmm. USB component and all that stuff. And the Sats card works a little bit differently in the sense that you can, um, when you move the money off of it, it creates a new wallet address, 
So you can move the money on a SATS card, I believe it's 10 times hmm. before the card is like worthless, right? But that's not important. The important part is, is that when you're giving Bitcoin to someone, I think that the SATS card is the best yeah. way to give it to it's someone. It's an actual like gift card of Bitcoin. Yeah. And it works the same way, except it's not like a physical thing. You plug into your computer and see the balance. You plug a code into a um, into like a browser mm-hmm. and you can see the balance, right? Um, but one of the cool things is that because it's a card, the company, they actually will print up like custom cards for you. Yeah. So... We talked about this before. We're like putting a shop together for our like website. And one of the things that we're going to have on there are custom cards that have the flirting with Bitcoin logo where you could buy sats cards from us. They're not ready for this <laughs> Valentine's Day. But in general, like when you're looking to give someone Bitcoin, because Monlina kind of brought both this challenge and this birthday present idea to me, um, I just wanted to be very clear that like I think that giving people sats cards is like the best way to onboard someone. Yeah. And then starting from there, onboarding them into, okay, what does it mean that I've given you this card? Where can you put it? How do you move it? Right. And then you kind of work backwards into, well, if you want to get more, now you got to go get those accounts to buy it. Or now you got to buy it from peer to peer systems or whatever. Right. Yeah. Or listen on Fountain, earn some sats. Or listen on Fountain. Right. So if you listen on Fountain and you earn some sats, well, you got to withdraw them eventually. Mm-hmm. Well, you could withdraw them onto the card. Yep. Right. So it gives you an address, a wallet address, just like anything else. And you could pull your sats. Well, you couldn't pull them directly from Fountain onto the card because Fountain operates on lightning and sats card. I do not believe operates on lightning. Mm -hmm. So you'd have to pull the sats off of Fountain onto something like moon. Right. Because moon has both lightning and um, on chain Bitcoin capabilities and it can go between the two. So you'd pull it from Fountain to moon and then from moon, you could send it to the sats card. Okay. You couldn't do it to Strike? Well, Strike is just another example. But yeah. if you're talking about like onboarding someone without having them create an account That's anywhere, true with no KYC. Right? I hear you. So, like, I hear you. One of the things that 2023, I think, is going to really be about is onboarding people through means that don't require KYC. Mm-hmm. And so Moon Wallet is one of the easiest wallets to onboard somebody with because they get Lightning and they get on-chain capability. So you can get money from Fountain or you can get money mm-hmm. over the internet um, from anyone, right? But also because it it does a thing called an atomic swap. So you see Bitcoin in your moon wallet, but if I want to send it to you via lightning, I can do that. Versus other wallets like Samurai Wallet, for example, that doesn't have a lightning capability. So I have to send it to you on chain and that takes a while and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So when you're onboarding someone in 2023, definitely give them moon wallet and give them a sats card. Those two things will work hand in hand. All right. So I'm not going to tell you how to live your life, but this is how I would do it if I want to do the flirting with Bitcoin challenge with a lover who was not involved in Bitcoin. I would get a sats card. I would put some money on it. I would say, hey, honey, I love you. And I think this is more valuable than anything else I would get you for Valentine's Day. And I want you to learn about Bitcoin so that we can be in this together. There's this real sexy podcast I listen to with this real cute couple. It's called Flirting with Bitcoin. Let's listen to it together and learn about Bitcoin together so that you can really see why me giving you the SATS card is an expression of my love to you. Pretty good marketing for Bitcoin. I think so. And love. And love. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, it's... A way, especially like, and we talked about this in our Married with Bitcoin series. If you haven't listened to it and you're in a relationship with someone not into Bitcoin, like, please go listen to it. But if you're really into Bitcoin and your partner isn't, like, it's consuming a lot of your time. And so I think if you make this gesture of like, hey, I want to pull you into my hobby, which this is a hobby or interest obsession. I don't know what to call it. It's all of that, right? Um, to say like lifestyle, lifestyle. This is a really, I think, sweet way to bring them into it with an added promise of like more time together, like something that you'll be able to do like on a weekly basis when the pod drops, you know, something to that sense of like, oh, I'm not just spending Valentine's Day with you because it's a holiday where I'm expected to spend this day with my honey for a couple of hours at a crowded restaurant and then we get on with our regular lives. It's like, no, I want to do this with you and I want us to like have this thing that we share together. So that's my pitch 
for the flirting with Bitcoin challenge. Of course, even if you're single, you can do this because you can just show yourself some love and buy yourself some Bitcoin and you might get randomly picked and we'll match it. The best form of love is self-love. So babe, I, I was wondering like, or I was thinking, you know, we just have a lot going on these days and I kind of forgot Valentine's Day was coming up. And when I remembered, I thought about it more for the pod than for us, but we are actually married and I do want you to be my Valentine. But I was thinking like, what do we even do for Valentine's Day? It's not a big holiday for us. Mm-hmm. I cannot remember every Valentine's Day we've ever had together, but I think this is our seventh or sixth. It'll be our sixth. I will be a six Valentine's Day. There's definitely documentation of every Valentine's Day because your camera is your phone and camera is always out. I take pictures, but we don't do anything that crazy. I do remember one time you made and I we weren't married yet. Maybe we were just living together. You made like an extravagant dinner for me. Sure. But I don't remember what we did the other years. Sounds like my extravagant dinner is the top winner in Valentine's <laughs> Day history. It was. I haven't been doing anything. But I think it's because, all right, so we live in Washington, D.C. It is horrible weather around, like, Valentine's Day. It's not, like, usually a day that you want to be outside at night, you know? And it's usually during the week, so you're working that day, and then you have to go do something at night. And the restaurants in D.C. are horrible on Valentine's Day. Yeah, they like it because the best restaurant will like bring in more tables, smush them all together, do a, a Valentine's Day menu where you can only sit at the table for like an hour, and it's prefix, and it's horrible, and chocolate-themed, and like mm-hmm. everyone... <laughs> Actually, I mean, we haven't really gone out for Valentine's Day, but like, I just remember going out for Valentine's Day and looking at the other couples at the table. And it was very clear that they don't normally spend time together. They don't like each other. They're just doing because they had to, like they maybe they have kids, they had to get a babysitter or something. And it's like, people don't actually, like, there's no romance in the air. Not a sexy holiday. It's not a sexy holiday. But if you it's stay a, home and just, like, make some food. It's an obligatory holiday that has somehow been turned against men if they don't perform certain acts. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my God, what is this buying stuffed animals? I remember it as a kid, right? Like, you had to give people, like, if you, you know, if one person brought a valentine, they'd have to bring it for the whole class, stuff like that. You not- never did. Did you ever give valentines to your classmates? I cannot say for certain that I never did, uh-huh. but I will laugh in a teacher's face if they ever try to make one of my kids do that. I know, right? I think they do. They will not make my kid do that. Yeah, it's just garbage. Oh, forget garbage. It's like if my kid wants to give a Valentine's Day present to like one person, all right, cool. The whole class, they can't all be worthy of his attention. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They can't all be worthy of him putting time in. Like, no. And having to write some nonsense yeah, no. on a card. No, not happening. I remember being... Or her. Yeah. I, I remember <laughs> I remember that happening when I was a kid. Um, and if there was like a boy I had a crush on, and I'd be like, oh my God, he gave me a Valentine. And I'd be like, he gave everyone else a Valentine. Exactly. This means nothing. So... <laughs> So think about this for a second, mm-hmm. right? You understood that concept, right? Yeah, like I was a smart kid. Sure. But what, like, let's tie that to Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, let's tie it to Bitcoin. It's the podcast, right? Yeah, let's yeah. tie it to Bitcoin. But to be fair, you say that all day long, not just when we're recording the podcast. I think this is a very valid point. Yeah, I'm, like I'm ready ma- for it. Okay. I'm ready for I'm ready. You knew that they gave that card to everyone. Yeah. You might have liked that boy, mm-hmm. but the fact that you knew that he gave it to everyone devalued it. Yeah. That's fiat. Yeah, sure. Like you knew that he gave it to everyone. So by definition, it's not as, special. It's not valuable to you. Yeah. And when you know that everyone is forced to do that, then you're just debasing Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I was saying earlier, where it's like, it's, it's turned into like this obligatory day of like penance. Yes. Especially like, oh, these couples out there that maybe. The husband's not normally romantic or you're right. It is usually all on the men. I don't really think women are expected to do anything on Valentine's Day, but maybe wear like some red lingerie or something. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, well, that day, step up your game. And it's very cheesy, but I do say this often 
And I, I, I will say, I remember saying this. People will ask me, what did Ian do for Valentine's Day? What did Ian do for your birthday? What did Ian do for your anniversary? People will ask me that. Not to like be rude or anything, but they're just like, oh, how did you guys celebrate? And I'm like, he didn't get me anything. And they're like, oh, and I'm like, every day with Ian is Valentine's Day. Like, it's very sweet and romantic, and he does stuff for me all the time. He's a gentleman. He's a sweetheart. Like, I don't need anything on these holidays. I would like to spend time with you, but like like I said, we're together all day long. Recording a podcast. <laughs> yeah. So, but we have romantic time. Like, we go on, I think, like, our vacations are, like, maybe where we put our most energy and money into, right? For like romantic time, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if we're going to a restaurant, we don't really make it a date night. We make it about like wanting to eat at that specific restaurant. <laughs> like we want that food. <laughs> maybe it'll be different when we have kids and we like want to get away from the kids or, you know, and just have alone time. But it, it like blows my mind that some people are like, no, I told him he needs to buy me this necklace because that's the necklace I want for Valentine's Day. I'm like, but you, what? <laughs> that person sounds miserable. Just buy your own necklace. Who cares? This doesn't make any sense to me. I think there's a lot of things in our life. We get taught very early on that a lot of things that we get that should be special aren't special because the person was forced to do it. And I think that ties very deeply into Bitcoin because Bitcoin is a literally a system that you have to opt into. No one's forcing you to use Bitcoin. So people who choose to use it are choosing to use it because they see the value in it. You don't get Bitcoin if you don't understand the value in it. So like when someone's forced to do something for someone for Valentine's Day, they can't do it with a with a smile on their face all the time because it was coercion. Whatever the punishment was for not doing the correct thing. Right. Like worst case scenario, they're just going to be mad at you. Right. Like you're coerced into doing a thing. Well, the reward I think now in our society is if you've done something for someone, let's just say specifically speaking about Valentine's Day, they'll put it on social media. And then that's when you're like, oh, look what my partner did for me. They're so great. They spoiled me with this. And all you're going to do is piss off people whose partner didn't do that and then hurt the single people. And I know so many single people who are like, I hate Valentine's Day so much. I dread it so much. It's such a bad day. And I'm like, I'm in a happy marriage and I could give two shits about Valentine's Day. Like, please don't put so much energy on this one day and what the universe is bringing you this one day, because it truly means nothing if you're actually in a happy relationship. Yeah, but I'm assuming that those people also were the people in school that were very excited to get those cards that maybe. the other person was forced to make. Maybe. And maybe they didn't in that moment see that the other person was forced to make. They didn't see it the way you saw it. Yeah, maybe. I've been, and they've I, been know, carrying that with them their whole life. I'm lucky. I'm in a relationship, so I, I can't speak to their frame of mind, you know? But I think it's really easy to think, oh, if I haven't gotten anything, that sucks. When really it's like, why do you have to get something that day that is kind of the same thing that everyone else is getting. That's the weirdest thing about Valentine's Day. Everyone's getting flowers. Everyone's getting jewelry. Everyone's getting chocolate. Everyone's going to a nice restaurant. You know, like nobody's getting Bitcoin. (laughs) Except maybe this year. Maybe this year. Maybe this is the year where someone will say, my wife is obsessed with Bitcoin. I don't really get it. But she gave me some Bitcoin and she said she's going to help me learn it. Like, that's romantic. Uh, in 10 years, it's probably going to be one of the most romantic gestures a person could have made. People just don't understand it yet. I, I understand it, baby. That's my Valentine's Day gift to you. I'm going to let you talk to me about Bitcoin. I was going to do it regardless. All right, we've talked a little bit about it, but Nostra, man, we've we've been on Nostra. Nostra's blowing up. Damas, which was one of like the big Nostra apps, finally got accepted on the Apple App Store. Anyone can get on it if they have an iPhone. And the day that that happened, shit blew up in a good way. The app didn't crash. Crash is a relative term. Um, but you were like, babe, this is crazy, and like you just were like 
this happened and that happened and people are posting their wallets and I'm going to let you explain it. But you were like, this is a big deal. We learned a lot by Domus getting in the app store. Um, some of it I suspected, some of it I really hadn't even thought of. So number one, um, so Will, the kind of lead on Domus, uh, he had mentioned that like, well, uh, we're in the app store test flight and they have like a maximum number of users that, well, you can be in test flight. So you had it, you were, you got in early, right? Yeah, I'm an OG. Yeah, you're, <laughs> a, you're a Nostrich, all right? OG Nostrich. Um, but what we didn't know was like how much pent up demand there was. Mm-hmm. Now, I guess technically maybe they had a list, a, an email list or whatever of people that were like wanting to get on it, but couldn't, right? Yeah. But I didn't know that data, right? So when the app hit the app store, you saw all these new accounts jumping on to the, the protocol of Nostra. And you can fundamentally say that that was the pent up demand, right? But um, which was apparently like 100,000 downloads in like a day mm-hmm. or two. Um, but then you have to think about it from like a network effect. So there were a bunch of people that wanted Domus, right? They got it. Then they immediately told all their friends. Yeah. Not all of them had iPhones. So then you start seeing all the other Nost- uh, all the other Nostra-based apps. They start seeing increased use, uh, usage also because, well, in order to use this thing, I got to bring my friends. Yeah, who am right? I going to talk to? So they bring in the, like the immediate second wave, I would say, right? And then because it's it's happening, you get the third wave, which is the media. So then the media starts talking about everyone's leaving Twitter and going to this thing called Nostra. Really? The media was saying it? The like tech media. Okay. Right. Tech media was talking about it. So then the tech media starts talking about you get the fourth wave. So it was just like doom, 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 doom in less than 48 hours. And it wasn't a lot of people like overall. So the way that Nostra works, you have your client and then you talk to N number of relays that you connected, that you're connected to, right? Certain relays were just open to everyone to connect to. Other relays were like private where you had to pay a little bit of Bitcoin to be able to connect to the to the relay. So it creates, you, you post your public key, they give you a Bitcoin invoice, you pay the Bitcoin invoice, and now your messages can be published to that relay. So um, all of these relays were like struggling to maintain the load because there was all this, all this like, uh, all this traffic was coming to them and arguably all the relays passed the stress test from what I saw only a few of them really just fell over mm-hmm. and died um, which means that the the fundamental architecture of Nostra being this uh, WebSocket based connection and relaying information between different clients it worked it took a big hit and Everyone's still standing. That I kind of suspected would happen, just understanding networking technology and how all that was kind of built. I didn't think that Nostra, the protocol, was going to fall over with a massive wave of people. But what I hadn't actually thought about, which is odd, considering that like I kind of follow like world events and stuff like that, is the app became popular in places where like speech is even more repressed than Twitter. Right. Isn't it really popular in China? In Hong Kong. Ah. It's very popular in Hong Kong. And so what happened is that you have this global... It's like, I saw something that said it was second in the app store. It was second on some list in the app store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the point that I'm... The, 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 the more interesting thing to me is you have this global channel, right? So Domus itself has a global channel, mm-hmm. right? And one somebody made a comment that was like, ever since the app hit the app store, all the languages in the global channel changed. Because mm-hmm. before that, it was just English. Yeah. It was just, for lack of a better term, Silicon Valley tech bros. I'm sure that's not who was in there, but I'm just using that as an example. Yeah, I was there. That's not me. Well, you got Bitcoin. You're ahead of a lot more than (laughs) a lot of Silicon Valley tech bros that don't have Bitcoin. But the point is, is that like once it was open to the world, just like with Bitcoin, the people who need it the most got it the fastest. People who are having their speech censored understood the value of Domus. Forget about, oh, I'm leaving Twitter. Screw that. That's not what this is about. This is about, this is something that the people that are stopping me from speaking can't stop. And that's why I keep saying like Nostra and Bitcoin are so well aligned because now these people that are in Hong Kong got on Nostra, you create a public key, private key. Fine. Maybe that gets censored or something. You just create a new one. Yeah. They can't stop you. Can't stop, won't stop. From creating public private keys. Number one. Number two, 
On Nostra, not all the clients, but a significant number of the clients have integrated Bitcoin Lightning. So now people are joining this Nostra revolution and posting invoices and getting money from strangers all over the internet. I still think that the majority of content or posts, whatever it is, on Nostra is about Bitcoin. It is going to be about Bitcoin for the foreseeable future. It seems like it. But the point is, is that if you don't want it to be about Bitcoin, it doesn't have to be about Bitcoin for you. You don't have to be in the global feed, right? Right. Like you can make a group chat with your friends (laughs) and you could talk about potting plants. Yeah. But if someone in the group has a plant they want to sell, they could post a picture with an invoice. You could pay it. Boom. They get the money and they send you the plant. So like it's got this built in payment mechanism. And the reason why I was so surprised that I didn't think about it like that is because if you know anything about China, they have this very popular app called WeChat. Mm-hmm. And WeChat is a highly centralized but highly uh, efficient app that most of the Chinese population uses. You can pay your electric bill, parking tickets, anything you can pay in China, you pretty much can pay through WeChat. On the other side of the Pacific Ocean, or pretty much in the rest of the world, now we have Nostra and Lightning. And so now any company organization can basically build onto Nostra a way for you to pay them for any service. Yeah. And so we have WeChat. It's just not centralized. It's going to take a while to build out. But I think that the build out of the decentralized open version of WeChat is going to be orders of magnitude more efficient than the centralized Chinese version. And, you know, I've only seen the WeChat app once in my entire life. I used to work with this guy who was Chinese. And um, obviously the app didn't really work here in America for anything we use. But like he needed to pay something to get back home. And he pulled up his phone and was like, bing, bang, boom. (laughs) Like what? (laughs) And like that was like maybe 10 years ago. So it was kind of like. I mean, it made sense, but it didn't make sense. Like, I couldn't think of a way. I think you had to buy like a something about getting back into the country. I forget. But it was like a government site. So he was doing something with the government. And he opened this app that you could order dominoes from, right? It's the same thing. And he just clicked some buttons and paid some government fee and then could have swiped left and ordered an Uber or swiped right and ordered food. It was all in the same thing. And so these Nostra clients, right now you have Domus and it's just focused on social media. So Will could decide to add other stuff to Domus or someone else can build another version that has other functionality for Domus, right? Like for uh, for Nostra, but it is WeChat. Nostra is the plumbing for WeChat, the decentralized, non-Chinese controlled WeChat. And I put the rest of the world versus China any day of the week. We have creative people. We have smart people. We have people that want to build stuff, but technology has been so monopolized by a few mm-hmm that it's been very hard for people to answer the question, well, what do you do if Google comes into your space, right? It's like, yeah, well, if Google shows up, we're screwed. Yeah. Well, now Google has to play catch up, right? Because Google's world doesn't operate the way Nostra works. So Google's getting attacked on multiple fronts. Gmail's getting attacked on Nostra. And ChatGPT is attacking their search. And Bitcoin is attacking basically the the ad-based monetization platform that they've built. Mm -hmm. So all these guys, Google, Apple, Facebook, all these people that make money off your eyeballs, they're all being challenged now. And they see it. They're not talking about it. They're not going to let the public know because the minute everyone figures out there's an alternative, just like Bitcoin, everyone flocks to it. But they are all being challenged right now, very, very aggressively. And the people on Nostra are literally building the replacements for all those guys in the open in front of them. I know they're all talking about it. They have to. They have to. No one no one no one is going to be that intellectually dishonest to say there's nothing here. Yeah. So I'll say if you are not on Nostra yet and you have an iPhone, just go download the Domus app and just just look at it, watch, tweet me if you want. But yeah, like this all of this stuff is super like over my head, but just watching it has been really interesting. Coolest part of it all is like, I'm doing all of this while no one else in my life is. And that's probably how you're always feeling about Bitcoin, right? That's how I felt my whole life. Oh, my poor baby. (laughs) Seriously. You have me now. You're Valentine.
All right, so this is kind of a Valentine's Day love episode, and there are all these different things that you say Bitcoin is, but the one that we've that I say is my favorite, but we've never actually talked about, is that Bitcoin is love. It's a little out there, but I I forget who exactly has said that, but I definitely agree with the the premise. So why is Bitcoin love? Oh man, there's so many different reasons. I think the most clear example of Bitcoin is love that I could give without getting super technical, right? Is so right now all around the world, even in the United States here, everyone's really struggling with this inflation problem. The American numbers are being fudged, but math is saying somewhere between 15 and 20% inflation is really what's happening. You've talked to certain products like eggs, milk, right? But we have other countries where they're not really fudging the numbers, but maybe they are, and it's still like 90% inflation, right? Yeah, it's really hard in Iran right now. Yeah, it's hard everywhere. The United States is just the least hard place. Yeah. And what inflation does at a fundamental level is it just robs people, right? Like you worked for this dollar, you go to sleep, you wake up, and now it's 90 cents. You go to sleep, you wake up, and now it's 70 cents. You're like, crap. I got to make $3 now, right? And so Bitcoin is love because you have a bunch of people who have chosen as Bitcoiners to take a risk. Mm-hmm. They are opting into this thing called Bitcoin. They don't have to. A leap of faith. Leap of faith, right? They don't have to. Um, a lot of people opted in purely for the gains, mm-hmm. right? But those are the pioneers, right? The people who get there first get the biggest rewards. I think a lot of the people that are in Bitcoin now and the like solidarity that has formed around Bitcoin is about the fact of what just happened in 2022. The entire financial market crashed. People act like Bitcoin crashed. No, the entire stock market crashed. Tesla was down 70% last year, right? Like this wasn't just constrained to Bitcoin. Then at the end of the year, I still believe it was orchestrated FTX blows up and FTX blowing up should have been the last straw in the like crypto Bitcoin story. He stole billions of dollars, pretty much going to get away with it. And anybody who was like sane should have said, oh, I got to get out of this game. But Bitcoiners, by understanding what's going on, they didn't sell. So you think Bitcoin is love means that Bitcoin is love for Bitcoin? No, what I'm getting at is that by not selling those people including us, held the line, everyone else in the rest of the world that hasn't figured it out yet. Mm -hmm. Because if we had all got scared and sold, then it would have dropped so low and all Mm -hmm. the obituaries that have been written would have been like, see, told you it was a Ponzi (laughs) scheme, right? Like Justin Trudeau was on TV literally laughing at Bitcoiners, Mm -hmm. literally laughing at them. And you know what he said? He said, oh, they're crazy. They think they can escape inflation. Yeah. Right. Okay. First of all, Who wouldn't want to escape inflation? This is just what we're choosing to do. You're not giving us alternatives to escaping inflation. You're just saying, well, it's here. Mm -hmm. Deal with it, right? Well, what he's going to find out very quickly is that, no, there is an escape and it is Bitcoin. And when we're all proven right in about four to five years, everybody who held the line was holding the line for everyone else in the rest of the world. And that is the biggest act of love I think you could do is to understand that like, I'm going to take this 80% drawdown, <laughs> right? I'm going to eat this. But I know that there's enough dudes on this and women on this shield wall. There's a bunch of Bitcoiners that are standing there saying, no, this system is better than yeah. your system. And we're not just doing it for ourselves. We're doing it for the rest of the world. And we have to hold the line and we have to eat these 80% drawdowns to prove that they can't push it to zero. You know, I think it's interesting to frame it that way, because that is, I think, like the point that we're coming into it with our podcast, right? We care about people. People are curious about Bitcoin. They know you understand it well. We want to help people understand it so that they can get involved and that they can get in as early as possible on this because we believe in it, right? But I think the way that Bitcoiners are presented to the rest of the world is that they're greedy people that are just trying to make money and they bought Bitcoin really early, so they're set, you know, yada, yada, yada. And then it's like, 
let's also lump them in with crypto bros and girls, I guess. But really, that's not the stereotype. It's crypto bros, right? Which are the F boys of like the finance, the new F boys of the finance world. Yeah, Sam Bankman Freed was a financial F boy. He was, yeah. Like he had already had a track record. He just went and did it <laughs> with FTX and crypto again. So no one is really looking at Bitcoiners as loving people. Mm-hmm. But you say this all the time, and I'll say, you know, no Bitcoiners ever been mean to me. Like I, I do feel the love. I definitely feel the love on Nostra. Everyone's like, is this really happening? I can't believe this is real. This feels so good. I finally like have something to look forward to in the morning when I check my phone. I'm like, wow, you guys are like, well, this is life changing for you guys. Well, I mean, you gotta you gotta put it into perspective, right? Like the thing that people. I think we're are struggling with, and I think Nostra is like a gateway drug to Bitcoin now, right? Because what people are struggling with is like, well, Twitter, Facebook, Google, like they built these platforms, they have rules and regulations that they have to enforce, so they create policies at their company level that they have that they then enforce against us, and it just it is what it is, right? And to a certain extent that that's true, right? Like YouTube would can't be held liable if you upload porn or even if they don't want it on their platform. You have the right to make a platform however you want. But at the end of the day, like what has happened is that they've created this this machine that no one really understands how it works. And so you do the wrong thing, you say the wrong thing, and you don't know what's influencing Google for why something is or isn't allowed anymore. And like a big thing on Google, at least on YouTube, is like, if you make something that's like negative about China, you get kicked off of YouTube. It's like, I'm sorry, I didn't know you worked for China. Yeah. But somehow in the chain of money, (laughs) you work for China. Okay, cool. So people have been living in this world and they've tried to just like accept it and become numb. That like, this is how it's going to be. We see people just bend the knee to China all the time. Don't want to upset China. Don't want to upset China. I'm making too much money in China. Don't want to upset China. All right, fine. You guys do that. But now over here, there's this thing called Nostra. And China can't do anything. It's not a company. Mm -hmm. They can't tell packets of data. They're coming for you, Will. (laughs) Well, sure. So they could ban Domus off the app store. Like another thing. It doesn't matter because like you don't even need an app. This is a browser. Like right. you can do this on the web. You can do this from a terminal, right? Like you could do this over satellite. You could do this over a ham radio. Like it is very open protocol, right? So what people were struggling to understand was like, what is the alternative? And once people see the alternative live and in action and functioning, people are not stupid. People can reverse engineer what this alternative really means when you apply, well, what if the other thing worked like this? Well, if Twitter worked like Nostra, then President of the United States could have never been kicked off of Twitter, whether you like the guy or not. Uh, all the doctors and nurses that were like, whatever you want to say, positive or negative about the COVID vaccines, they all got kicked off of Twitter in silence. Like, if you say something, you could be kicked off of a platform. You come over to Nostra, you don't even have a username. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're just a string of text. Yeah. And that could be coming from anywhere on the planet. So... Once people see the alternative, people can infer, oh, if everything worked like this, yeah, you might have to put up with porn. But I think after what we've all lived through the last four years. And like just accounts pretending to be other people, difficult to verify, all that stuff. Sure. But like what we've lived through for the last four years, I think people are willing to try this alternative. Yeah, because. What was going on before is like crazy. And we wrote books about this and now it's happening. And people are just like, well, is this really 1984? Yes. <laughs> yes. Like 40 years later. It, it really is. Like you literally find out by Elon buying Twitter, you find out that the government was going into Twitter and telling them to ban specific accounts of people because of something they said. Like, that is what was happening. Until Elon bought Twitter, we just kind of were like, oh, maybe, I don't know. Like, he did kind of say that. Like, maybe they had like a... No, it was just a dude at his computer just following instructions from the FBI. Like, you can't do that on Nostra. So, uh, yeah, I think people got a taste of at least speech freedom. And then on Nostra with, uh, uh, with Bitcoin and lightning payments, it's like, you know, I was thinking about this on my walk today. I have a buddy... And he, uh, as a, like a kid, like 10, 11, 12 year old kid, he used to, um, be a gamer and like, he he made money on the internet. 
like 30 years ago, I guess, right? But in order to do any of that, he needed his mom's permission to create a PayPal account. Mm -hmm. He needed an adult to say, yes, it's okay for you to receive money. Any child, any kid, anyone can start a business and start getting paid without permission from their parent, without permission from the banking system and a government. Like, no, if you have a skill that is marketable on the internet, doesn't matter what age you are, you can sell your skills, you can make money. Now, some people would say, oh no, kids are going to be doing porn. It's like, you can't just throw porn out every time you don't want that you don't like a thing, right? My mind didn't even go to that. No, no, no. But like, (laughs) I was just like, oh, child labor. (laughs) Well, my point there is that like, so, well, what have we been doing already? We've had TikTok. You got these kids making money. Absolutely. Like kids, but, are, kids are making money on the internet. But, they're making money on eBay. They're making money on Facebook Marketplace. Like they're selling stuff. They're finding stuff to sell. But all they, of they that, have little Amazon shops. Like it's but, happening. But all of that money that they're making has to go through the banking system. Yeah, and someone's getting a cut of it. It's not that someone's getting a cut of it. That's secondary. Yeah. The point that I'm really driving at is that someone had to give that child permission to earn money. That's fundamentally what's happening when you're a adult parents open an account in your name and say, here you are, this is your account. That is your parents saying you now have the right to earn money. And I would argue that fundamentally anyone has the right to earn money, whether I say so or not. And so with, with Nostra and lightning, the minute you have a marketable skill. So what are you going to do when our kids like 15, like dad, I have enough money. I'm going to move out and I'm going to live where I want and I'm going to do what I want. What are you going to say? So, you always throw these hypotheticals at me. <laughs> and what I will say is the same thing I'll say to every every one of your scenarios. Like that scenario isn't happening in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. There are a series of exchanges that have happened before that one scenario. And I don't know what all those other exchanges were. So I can't really tell you what I will say. But I would hope that I had enough exchanges up until that point where A, that statement isn't said. Or B, if that statement is said, it's a joke. And the reason why it's a joke is because of all the previous exchanges. You do realize that moving out at the age of 15 is going to be really hard, right? But if you're making a million dollars a year at the age of 15 and you want to have your own life and whatever, like you're more than welcome to do that. No, I'm not going to let them leave. (laughs) The law won't let them leave. You're more than welcome to do that. But the point is, is that I'm not the only one that has to agree to that. Yeah. Number one... Your other parent has to agree to that. Number two, there's certain things you just can't do no matter how much money you have. Yeah. And so the world is not set up for you to be a free individual at the age of 15 where you can make all these choices for yourself. But kids being able to earn money and it's their money, the earlier, the better. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I've been working since I was 12 and my parents like were like, make your money. This is your money. All that good stuff. Um, I know Michael B. Jordan. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He's a very handsome actor. I don't know if he's still living with his parents, but around like 25, 27, he was making all that money and he still lived in his parents' house. There's nothing wrong with living with your parents. Oh, there's nothing wrong with living. I'm like, that's, that's what I want for our children. I mean, if your parents aren't crazy people. <laughs> Make all that money, but live with me, babe. <laughs> if, if your parents are sane people, um, live with your parents as long as possible. Yeah. I but do. if your parents are crazy and are detrimental to your health and your mental health, get out. Yeah, yeah. Now, obviously, that's a judgment call. And again, but having money will make it an easier judgment. It'll call. make it an easier judgment call. Right. So, like, I just think about that future where people have the ability to earn money. The literally the moment they're born. Right. Like we talk about the Gerber baby. Mm-hmm. Right. If the Gerber well, baby. Now there's all these social media babies. Like their births are like posted for sponsored ads. I understand. It's wild. But the point there is that that money is not going to that baby. Nope. That money is going to the parent. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is that in theory, uh, let's be intellectually honest. And okay, you're gonna you're gonna sell your baby photo and all this fun stuff, right? Create a lightning wallet for your baby and have the money go into a Bitcoin account that unlocks in 21 years. You can't touch it either. If you really want to do that for your kid, you could do that. You could set up a wallet address that unlocks in 21 years. Mm. And on their 21st birthday, all the money that kid made from being cute <laughs> is unlocked and given to them. Most parents aren't going to do that because they're really trying to make money for themselves, not their kid. Yeah. But I think that there are 
are non-zero number of Bitcoiners that are doing that right now. Oh, I hope so. If we have really cute kids, are we going to do it? No, I'm not selling my kids. I was, I mean, I'm, I'm not interested in either. I but, don't really feel like we need the money. But that, but that, <laughs> uh, but that example. But our is, kids will be damn cute, babe. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. But that example is like an example of love, right? Like you can show true love in that way, right? Yes, I sold your pictures when you were a child. Yes, maybe as an adult, you don't like that, but I didn't make anything from it. Here's all the money that we made. It's been sitting here waiting for you for 20 years. You want to go to college? You don't got to go to college. You got money. What do you want to do? Yeah. And so if, if a kid, if a child is coming of age and is sitting on, let's just be, you know, in today's terms, is sitting on a million dollars, right? In today's terms, because it's Bitcoin, Mm-hmm. 21 years in the future, kid has options now. What do you actually want to do? You don't got to get some dumb menial intern job, right? Like, what do you actually want to do? Go do that. Rather than kids having to come of age with nothing, the idea that you set them up with Bitcoin 21 years ago and assuming Bitcoin is going to do what Bitcoin's probably going to do, in 21 years, anybody who did that for their kids, whether it was $10, $20, $100, $1,000, it's going to be a significant amount of money. So I think coming back to like our flirting with Bitcoin challenge, you can do it for Valentine's Day, but think about doing it for different birthdays that come up or different times where you want to show someone some love. Get a SATS card. Give them some Bitcoin. Remind them that Bitcoin exists. Remind them that you're someone that can help them understand it. Show them some love. You couldn't take like a $10 bill and put it in an envelope and say, in 21 years, I'll give this to you. <laughs> because number one, probably not going to make it 21 years. Number two, that $10 is probably not going to be worth $10. Bitcoin, I think it is the ultimate show of love. Like to give someone a finite thing and say, it's yours. I can't even touch it. You can't, you can't beat that. All right, babe. So 50 episodes. Wow. Wow. So fun fact with Ian and me, we got legally married a year before our wedding. So in a couple of days, probably the day that this episode drops will be our two-year marriage anniversary. The terrible twos. The terrible twos. Does that mean the terrible twos are over or we're entering them? No, we're entering them. Oh, we're entering them. All right. Let's see if we make it. But all right. So two years of marriage, legal marriage. And 50 episodes of a podcast. How am I doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing just all right. I mean, you know. Am I a good wife? Uh, Festivus, babe, airing of grievances. I'm not airing grievances on a podcast. (laughs) That's not the the vibe that I'm going for. Um, No, no, no. In all seriousness, um, I am extremely happy with our life. I think that like when I sit down and think about the life that we live, sometimes I just like chuckle because it's like, oh, if you know, I was 12 year old Ian could see how he lives, you know, like what I never thought this was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, like we got Noru's coming up. That's right. Persian New Year. I'm like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I jump over fire now once a year. Mm-hmm. Didn't know that was going to be a thing. Um, so no, I, I think it's, uh, it's been great and it's been fun and it's been, it's the start of an adventure, but it's, it's, it's a fun adventure. It's going well. And 50 podcast episodes in. We need to do some work on the podcast. Oh, <laughs> it's not as solid as our marriage. <laughs> we haven't been at it as long. We haven't. I mean, we've been together for seven years, but yeah. we've only been podcasting for one. I know. So talk to me on our seven year anniversary of our podcast i will babe i'll be talking to you forever yeah but i think the podcast is like part of the adventure right because if you remember if you remember when we first got together we tried to do some other things together we did we tried to create a project we tried to create a lifestyle brand for government workers that didn't work uh, we tried to create a uh, paycheck transparency uh, app that didn't that didn't pan out. But we did like we did try. Yeah, you we know. Try, we, yeah, when we had an idea, you'd be like, "All right, let's do it. Let's do it." And I think part of the reason why I eventually said yes was I think part of our relationship is just like, "Yeah, let's try. Let's do it." Yeah. And so, like, 
because you're as obsessed with me as I am with you, and you just want to find ways to spend more time with me. I mean, I could be playing Crusader Kings. You could, but you're not. But I'm not. There's no value in playing Crusader Kings, right? Like, this is valuable to me. It's valuable to me too, babe.